up, guys? Welcome to the Social Bamboo Podcast, tutorial of the fastest and most sustainable social media growth strategies out there. I'm your host, Derek Vidal, and on today's episode, we are talking about 13 Instagram design tips for non-designers. Whether you use Canva or you use Photoshop, it doesn't matter. I'm going to give you some design tips. Now, of course, you always have the option, well, not always, but Generally, anytime the episode could benefit from having a visual aid, I do make a YouTube version of it. So uh, it will be a condensed version too. So I will be giving some extra value and going off on the tangents. You know how I like to do that, but it's uh, usually going to be some good stuff that I'll add on the podcast that will be extra. Uh, But I was going through all 13 of these tips and I was like, can I even do this as a podcast? Is this okay to be an audio or does this really need to be visual? And no, like you can totally just learn these from listening to them. So that's what we're going to be doing today. So make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Review it if you got a second because I know you do. You're listening to a podcast right now. Just click the five stars even if you don't uh, write the review. Hey, give me whatever stars you want. I'll I'll leave it open to you. But uh, wait till this episode's over. Uh, unless you're just going to do a five, do a five now. Otherwise, give me a chance to uh, give you make it a five by the end of this episode. So we're going to be doing 13 Instagram design tips for non-designers, and the reason why it is phrased like that is because I am horrible at graphic design naturally. There are a lot of skills in entrepreneurship, marketing, email marketing wise, uh, you know, just content creation in general. That it, it it's not uh, in it doesn't come super natural to me, but it certainly isn't uh, a stretch for my skill set. Graphic design has always been a big stretch for what I am naturally good at. And uh, this is just something that I've had to get down to a science. So I'm going to be explaining uh, these 13 rules of design that I follow when I create infographics, and it makes it just a lot quicker for me to do so. So the first one is in choosing colors on your account or even just colors on a post. Uh, One more mark, one more thing I want to say though before I get into this. If you're an amazing designer and you are uh, really great at messing around with a ton of elements and still making it look great in the end, uh, these don't necessarily need to serve as your rules. These are just like the rules that I place on myself to know. Uh, how to narrow my thoughts Um, because otherwise I just test everything to infinite extent. I just keep messing around. I'm like, oh, what about like these seven colors? And like, what about the purple being a little bit, uh, you know, darker here? And I just like play around with it forever. So these are rules that I follow in order to uh, be a lot more efficient with my design. So for colors, I pick two colors, a darker one and then a lighter one and then either white or black. And that will be going into an infographic. So if you're making a carousel uh, or just even a single image infographic, I know that's not really where everyone's attention is. We're more on reels. But whenever you're going to do something like this, uh, if you just stick to a couple colors, like let's say green and then yellow and then white uh, or green and yellow and black, but the post is more yellow dominant. So if you have black text, um, you, if you have a lighter back background, it's always black text. If you have a darker background, it's always white text is another rule that I do with the color. So um, it's basically two colors and then either black or white text is, is what I should have said, not just two colors and then black or white. It's just picking whichever text, and then that will always just be reflective of 
Like I would never do white text on a yellow background or black text on a green background. That would just violate my rule. So you always just do the inverse there. And that always makes it very legible, easy to see. And uh, like I made an Instagram post about recently, you never want to sacrifice messaging or marketing clarity for fancy design. And this is something that a lot of people do on their websites where maybe you make like all this vertical text uh, or it's like some kind of word play and it's, uh, you know, just just over design to the point where people don't even know where to start reading on your website. And if it's not obvious where people should go on your website, they don't spend the extra second. They just leave before they even give it a, a you know a second thought as to where they should be navigating to. So you really want to keep your clarity when uh, designing, uh, first and foremost. The second thing we're talking about is fonts. So again, this is with infographics, uh, and you can see examples on the YouTube video if you want to later. If you're listening on the road now, you can go back later to the YouTube video, see what I'm talking about. It's simplest just to have two fonts. So you have a headline font, and then a body font. So uh, for mine, I actually I do League Spartan as my headline and Cooper Hewitt as my body. And you can just reference those if you want. But I mean, you can just go on my Instagram at socialbamboo underscore and just go to any of my infographics. And it just is always those two fonts. If you go into it every time and you're like, all right, which font to use? There are so many fonts. You know how long it takes. And I am okay switching these fonts at any time. I will tell you that. I I don't really care about, all right, you got to stick with it forever. It's not that people get to know your font super well. They do, though. They really do get to know your branding font. So once you do find the right one, you do want to stick with it. it. It is good to have that branding where people recognize you for certain fonts, even if it's totally subconscious. But uh, it, it is okay if you're like, I am totally sick of these fonts. I really should have done different ones. I think uh, almost every online uh, entrepreneur is going to switch their fonts maybe once, one to three times. If you didn't, that's great. You probably were already a good designer uh, at first. I, but like I said, that's not me. So what I thought was good fonts before is is not good fonts. Um, but yeah, uh, two fonts, a headline one and then a body one. And for text variation, you're just going to either bold them, italicize them, or use the thin and thick uh, options on them. So it's not like you always just have two uh, kinds of text. Like if I have like Cooper Hewitt and then I want to like really emphasize a, a point, like in my body, I can bold it, I can underline it, you can italicize it. And then Cooper Hewitt has like Cooper Hewitt heavy, Cooper Hewitt light. So I'll use all of the variations within that font too. So uh, that's a good thing to look for for your body um, font is one that has more variables to play around with. Because some of them don't even let you do like uh, like bold, uh, you can't even bold some of the fonts. So I probably wouldn't mess with the body font that doesn't give you much room to play around with. Third thing we're going to be talking about is alignment. So when you are, this is just for Instagram posts, by the way, I do use this, these rules for website design, uh, but more loosely, I've realized these are more strict when it comes to Instagram four by five or one by one little infographics to your website, these can still serve as as good guidelines, though. Um, So alignment. So center alignment, left alignment, or right alignment with your text. A lot of people love doing center alignment. However, I feel like if you use more than like four or more lines of text, it's not good to do center alignment. It's better to do left alignment. few, Few exceptions to that, and you really have to be a good designer to really see it. But when you use center alignment, 
the starting point and the end point of each line of text is different. And this just takes a lot more energy for people to read. Um, and a lot of this is subconscious, but it still translates to results. And that's the thing, having this awareness of how to make your content really resonate with people uh, the first time they see it and not just scroll on. They, they don't even know why they scrolled on. It was because you use center alignment with like seven lines and they all, they all had starting different starting and end points. So center alignment with three or less lines is what I do because center alignment does look great uh, when it's used properly. But three or less lines, I use center alignment uh, three or more lines, I use left alignment, and then I just don't use right alignment. I've messed around with it a few times. It looks awesome when you can do it right, but for someone who's not a designer, naturally, uh, anytime I try to incorporate it, it's just a long whirlwind of me trying to make it work for a couple hours, and then I realize that left alignment just looks better. So I just don't use any right alignment when it comes down to Instagram infographics fourth one we're talking about is to not overlap elements. The most common way that I see people do this, if you're making an infographic in Canva or Photoshop or whatever, and you set a background and it's a very busy background, and then you put text over this busy background. So maybe it's like a bunch of cities. This is a one that I did in the past. And I had no idea why I couldn't get this infographic to look good. And it was because I had like this like city skylines in the background and then I just had white text over them and then I have like some shadow on the text which is something that I almost always do by the way like messing around shadow uh, effect on elements every element really is usually just something that I play with a, a lot but it's not one of the tips today so I'll just mention that real quick but over the city which is super busy I couldn't get anything to appear you couldn't really read it or it wasn't just like you really had to spend the extra time uh, really looking at it to, to digest it, and that's not good. So just use text over blank space. If you're going to pick a background, use one that is maybe busy in the corners, but really like there's nothing going on in the center of the infographic. You don't want to be putting text over something that could be an Instagram post in itself had there not been text over it is kind of the rule there. Like that city would have worked as an Instagram post in itself. So it's just too much going on. Use text in blank spaces only. Fifth one is to use templates. Now there are a lot of amazing templates in Canva. So uh, feel free to run with one of those, but ultimately I mean, like make your own template. So maybe you start with a Canva one, then modify a little bit. If you can just start your infographics off, with some kind of template, uh, or, or at least like a lot of times I don't have like this blank template that I just restart every time or like what you'd have to do in Canva is copy it. Like you'd go into your template and then you'd copy it and then you'd modify the new one. Great way to do it. <clears throat> I just accidentally start editing the, the original too many times. So a lot of times I just kind of like edit from previous posts. I just kind of like redo the previous posts. Maybe not the best idea if you want to keep all of your work in Canva, uh, but I was just kind of moving on. So uh, I would just go in and just edit my last one. But, uh, it, you know, if you want to watch the YouTube video, you can see exactly what I'm talking about with some of these template examples. But it just makes it a lot easier to know not only am I doing this headline font, this is the size of headline font that I do. And then this is the size of body font that I do. And um, you know, this is going to be more for educational infographics that it's easier to template. Uh, but nowadays, reels are so much better. So I'm not going to spend too much time on this, but I know you guys still have infographics to do sometimes. 
the sixth one is use all caps for headlines. And uh, it's just because you want to create a clear text hierarchy. And uh, what this means is you want to use elements to your advantage to, or design it to your advantage to make the text you want people to read first uh, have the true hierarchy on the page in a few different ways, all right? And this just makes it so – it's like when you go to Qdoba, all right, or you go to a burrito shop. When you walk in those doors, like Chipotle or Qdoba, like one of these main ones, you're already in the line, right? You can't mess it up. You walk in the doors, you're already in line. It, it, like a lot of the mom and pop shops, a lot of times why I don't go to them is like, I don't, I don't know what to do when I get in there. Like, what do I do? Like, I, is it going to be obvious? It, it probably isn't that hard, but to the mom and pop who designed it, like they know like, oh yeah, you walk to the back counter, you order, and then you'll want to sit down because it takes like 15 minutes, right? I don't know. It's like, should I stand here and wait for the food? Like, is it quick? Like, I don't know. And a lot of that, I don't know, keeps people from going. Um, but uh, yeah, like these other restaurants, they just get rid of, uh, they just make, make it the clearest path possible. All right. And that's what we're doing here with the text on your website, you do want people to read it in order. It should be displayed in an order of like if someone came to your website even and was like, all right, brand new to this company, you wouldn't want the first thing to be like. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. just about some random event that your company is doing for its customers and but but like they'd have to be on board and in your community already and then the next thing is the about us company page you get my point it's just like it can't be in the wrong order so um using all caps for your headlines and this applies for design in in every way is just kind of a cop out that i do where like especially on the the infographics on the first slide if you're doing a multiple slide carousel if you just use all caps on that first slide, it always looks really good and it always grabs attention. The seventh one is to use boxes behind your text. And this is one of my major breakthroughs on my Derek Vidal YouTube channel is simply whenever I like make this thumbnail and I'd have like just, you know, three to five words on the thumbnail that would try to inspire curiosity in some way, you know, it's a thumbnail. It was so hard for me to find out how to really get this text to pop, especially because a lot of times I my thumbnail would start as me at my desk as the background, and then I'd be putting elements around it. I'd be putting text around it, but behind that text was like a plant, or behind that was uh, a curtain or something like that, and the, the text is very hard for it to always like stick out. As soon as I would just put a rectangle behind the text with just a little bit of cushion around it, and, and I do it for each line, okay? I, if I had like three lines of text, I wouldn't put one big square. I'd do three separate rectangles be, behind each line of text. And uh, it's easiest to just keep them all the same color, but if you're a good designer, you can even do all three different colors. Just doing that makes the text so much clearer, as you can obviously guess, because when there's just a blank background behind it with uh, 
you know, a, just a, a color that is totally opposite either the white or black text that you would use, then it's easy. And, and by the way, the white and black text rule I use for everything, YouTube thumbnails especially. Uh, I just don't mess with it. But I, I'm also a guy who, uh, you know, really likes to do a very simple design. So, it, I mean – Go go as crazy as you want. You probably wouldn't be listening to this episode this far if you were an honest, good designer. Uh, so you get what I'm saying. But yeah, using the rectangles behind the text is awesome. Number eight, uh, put an empty frame around the second word. So uh, an example of this, if you know Russell Brunson's book, expertsecrets.com secrets, uh, or traffic secrets, Basically, anyone who's ever made anything secrets, they did it because Russell Brunson told them to, including me with my original podcast, Instagram Marketing Secrets. And what they usually do is put like this rectangle, like just an empty frame rectangle. So, uh, you know, just a white border essentially around the second word. Um, so, for example, if I was like putting like, you know, uh, marketing secrets, the word marketing would just be normal. And then the word secrets would have a white rectangle around it but this is just like an empty frame not filled in all right so it's just a, a very simple design trick that usually looks really good number nine is never to end a paragraph with one word on the last line so whenever you're writing any in this again applies across the board um it looks weird if you have like this body paragraph and there's like 10 to 15 words for every line and then that last line just has one word on it so in those cases i just always change the wording or move uh the second to last word onto the bottom line with it just to not make it such a huge drop off uh to you know just one word on the last line of text number 10 is to match font colors with words that embody that color so for instance if you were making a post that was like organic marketing it would be weird if that word organic was not green, right? Like if it was like blue or like uh, blue for like organic marketing or it was like red uh, or it was just like all white organic marketing. It just would look weird if the word organic was not green, right? So go off of um, whenever you can em embody uh, the word with uh, a color. This is like the one exception that I ever make my text not white. And so if it's like increase sales I, i'd probably do sales in green if it was uh you know uh, this cryptocurrency is about to tank i'm probably gonna make that in red so make it embody what you're trying to do because this will convey uh more emotion in it even again subconsciously uh number 11 is to use an outline around products or yourself so i especially do this with thumbnails if you're going to do a thumbnail and you're like pointing to something you're you're doing a reaction it's really good if you put an outline around yourself even if it be uh so on canva how you would do this is you click on yourself you click on uh, edit image you click on the effect that is called shadows and then you click on glow if you just do that and just use the default settings on glow, it will just put this black shadow behind you and it will really make you pop off the screen. And 3D elements to your images is the simplest way to create a scroll stopping feature without being a good designer. Just say, what can I make uh, pop off the screen? And you can do this in a lot of different ways like you can do multiple layers, right? You could have yourself there and then you got the shadow behind you. And then obviously there's 
the background, but then in between you and the background could be could be another thing. So then they can see like there's mul- like three layers in that case, and it looks like it's popping off the screen more. Whenever there's some kind of 3D aspect to your ele- to your image, that is a scroll stopper. Number 12 is to choose color combos with a color calculator tool. Now, this is not something that I live by super strictly, but this is great for if you're ever selecting colors and you really can't figure out how to like find two complementary colors. It's not hard to complement blue with white or green with white or yellow with black, right? That's why I have that rule with my text. But if you're ever trying to do like green text on blue, it's like, what exact green should I do and what exact blue should I do? So you can use this thing called a, a color calculator wheel, and I'll link it in the description. It's sessions.edu slash color dash calculator. Sessions.edu dash or slash color dash calculator. And you put in an input for like, this is the red that I'm trying to find a complementary green with. And then it will tell you like, here's the exact opposite of that red. So if you want to use the exact opposite, which is usually the way to go, then here's the exact opposite of that red in uh, green color. So you can uh, always use like the complementary ones and uh, they usually just look really good. So if you're ever stuck on choosing colors, go to that. And then the 13th and final tip is that black slash white design can look harsh. So for those of you who like to be really simple with your graphics like myself and sometimes don't even do a third color, I'm just like, I'm just doing black and white. Doing a black background with white text can actually be kind of harsh on the eyes uh, or doing a pure white background with you know jet black text can also be too harsh sometimes. And people will never really complain about this, right? This is all subconscious, but you can uh, uh, slightly increase the time that someone spends on your website by using uh, just slightly off black with white text or slightly off white uh, with black text. And uh, if you watch the YouTube video, you'll see that all the infographics I've been using this whole time are actually, it's not a zero, 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 zero background, which is black, right? So so if you've been in design at all, you know that uh, six Fs is white and then six zeros is black. I don't use black zero, 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 zero background. I use, uh, in this case, one, two, one, two, one, two, or I'll use one, seven, one, seven, one, seven a lot of times for that black. And then I use a pure white text. Um, but that oftentimes just is a lot easier to read. It looks like it's black, white, but then when you really compare it, you can see what I mean that that stark contrast is sometimes a little bit too much. And that's also why with the color wheel, once you find the exact opposite of that color, you might still go a little bit off of it because it might just be a little bit too sharp uh, having the exact opposites of colors right next to each other. So again, if if any of this doesn't make sense, just check the YouTube video. DM me on Instagram uh, as well if anything doesn't make sense on any episode. And I'd be happy to elaborate. It's at socialbamboo underscore. But hey, you might as well pay me a follow at the minimum because like I told you this episode was the shit and like you told me you would subscribe and five star it if it was so hey a deal's a deal you gotta do it but hey I got more episodes for you for free next week for doing so I'll talk to you then